I pray that we are spiritually together, whether we're in the same building or not. Um, but it is good to have an opportunity and a freedom to come together. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Um, so, um, really, I feel like what the Lord is, is just kind of leading uh, me into even now is just almost a continuation of what, what we sang today. In uh, just uh, this glorious new life. It's a glorious new life. Glorious new life. That's just, that's just what this is. That's what he's come to give us, is just glorious new life. And, um, you know, the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve, uh, they, they messed it up. Um, I don't say they messed it up, but they, 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 they disobeyed and, and, and uh, were deceived by the enemy. And, uh, and from that deception, you find it in Genesis 3 after that deception takes place. And uh, it gets them to question the word of God. Immediately, uh, you see Eve is left to just rely on her, what she sees, what she feels, and what she thinks. And that will lead you astray every time. Um, so once the enemy got Eve and Adam to discount the word of God, you're only left with yourself. And that fails every single time. <laughs> and so uh, obviously they did wrong. Um, but God had a plan. God, God wasn't going to allow that to be the end of the story. And I'm so thankful that the Bible says that the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. Um, he already knew what he was going to do. He already had a plan. And I, I look at, you know, the garden. It really is seemingly man's greatest failure. Uh, I think it was man's greatest failure. From where we were to, <laughs> you know, what happened, it was man's greatest failure. Um, for, you know, so anyway, I want to I jump into that. But... But even in that, even in that situation, we see the character of God. We see his nature just immediately revealed. He tells them, the day you eat of it, you're going to surely die. Right? He tells them, plain and simple. It's cut and dry. White and black. Don't eat from this tree. Eat from the tree of life. The day you eat of it, you'll surely die. They eat from it. And uh, I've said this before, but it's amazing how immediately... God comes looking for them. That's amazing to me. That after man sinned, God's first move was to come after man. God's first move, a lot of times we think, man, I mess up, and God's first move is to run from you. No, it's not. No, it's not. His first move is towards you. His first move is actually he takes a step towards you. And that's, that's amazing to me because this was man's greatest failure. And yet, God's first move, it says he comes walking in the garden, looking for him. They heard his voice. And then even uh, something else, maybe we better flip there. I guess this is where the Lord's having us go for now. Genesis chapter 3. Um, but they, 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 they fail, and, and it says in verse number 
Verse number seven, verse number six, let's read that. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that was pleasant to the eyes, tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. It's amazing how even before that, uh, the, the Bible designates in verse 25 of chapter 2, how they were naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. And then sin comes in, and the first thing that happens is shame comes. Shame comes. And that shame caused a disconnect between the man and his wife. That's what sin will do. Sin, we sin against God, but it causes rifts between humanity. Uh, didn't realize that. They're just eating a piece of fruit, just going off of what they think, what they feel. But it caused shame to come in, and that shame separates us from the love relationship we're supposed to have with one another. Because I'm shame, I need to cover, I need to hide, I need to put on a facade and a mask, and, and, and I can't be open and honest with you because now I don't trust you. Because I don't trust that you have my best interest in heart and I'm, I'm insecure. And all these things came in because of sin. And we live that life. We live a life of insecurity and questioning and wondering what people think about us and how they feel about us. And we feel ashamed and we're embarrassed. And, you know, one of the things that they talk about, I've, I don't know if it's changed, but they say people's two greatest fears is death and public speaking. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think death is second which is crazy, um, but public speaking because it's that shame, it's that fear that, that we have towards one another. That's, that's not necessarily because you're bad or I'm bad or you're going to do anything. That's because of sin, that we weren't supposed to experience that. We were supposed to be open and honest and exposed with one another and not worrying about those things, but that stuff has, it's come in. It's a part of the fall of man. It's a part of it's a part of, of what we got as a consequence of disobeying God. And, and then it says, verse 8, they hear the voice of God and walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And God's coming and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. And so uh, it causes us to, to shy away from God, to push away from the things of God. And so now we, we're, we're, we're living in a world and in a life where the things of God are weird to us. The supernatural is weird to us. The spiritual is, is weird to us. It's, 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 that's not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, death is normal to us. That's not the way it's supposed to be. We weren't, that's not the original design. Shame is normal to us. Fear is normal to us. We, we have things that now, uh, so many businesses and so many things have come in uh, that, that, to help us and to assist us with fear and all these things that have come in and have just become a normal way of life to us. But it wasn't supposed to be that way. It wasn't that way from the beginning. Um, people afraid of God, afraid of the voice of God, afraid to talk to God. That's not normal. That's not right. That's not the way it's supposed to be. People shame to open up their mouths and speak to God. That's not right. That's that we say, well, that's just the way it is. No, that, that's that's not the way it's supposed to be. And this is what uh, I believe God wants us to see and understand. There was some stuff that was lost 
when man sinned, there's some things that were lost in you and in my life that, that we don't even recognize that, that we're a part of it and it's, and it's gone and it's been stolen from us. But Jesus came to restore that stuff. He, he came to set life back to the way it was supposed to be. Praise God. And so um, they, they hid themselves from the presence of, of the Lord. And um, we didn't even talk about the fig leaves they sowed. But, but verse 9, the Lord calls to Adam and says, where are you? And he says, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He says, who told you that you was naked? That is just an amazing uh, question to me. Have you eaten of the tree whereof I commanded you that you should not eat? Amazing, amazing, amazing. There's so much insight and depth in here about the life that we were created to live. That's amazing to me. He asked them, who told you that? Right? They were physically. Physically, they didn't have any clothes on. But God didn't tell them they were naked. God had not said that they were naked. And so guess what? Truth is not what you see. It's not facts. Truth is not what you hear. It's, not what, you, it's what the Word of God says. That's the truth our life was supposed to be based on. Because, and, and so that's why he asked them, where did you get that information from? Somebody told you something because it's not within man to know how to lead. It's not within man to judge between good and evil, to figure things out, to know what's really going on. He didn't put that in us. He, he never created me with that ability to know good from evil, to know right from wrong. He didn't. He created us with the ability to hear the voice of God and obey it. And that's it. And that's what, and so when they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they wanted to take that on. Satan says, you'll be like God's knowing right and wrong. You can determine for yourself what's, what's good, what's not good, what's up, what's down. You can just, you can make your own decisions. And that's why we're in the mess we're in now. Because mankind has been determining, well, that's right, this is right, that's wrong, that's not wrong. And next year, something else is right. And the following year, something else is wrong. And it keeps changing and it keeps twisting. And we get further and further away from the Word of God. And there's only one answer. we got to get back to the Word. That's what repentance is. It's saying, I don't know right and wrong. I don't know the way to take. I need to get back to what God says. My only ability is to hear the voice of God and obey it. That's that's all I need to do. That's all I've been called to do. I don't have to figure it out. My goodness. And so there, there's, there's, that's the liberty we were supposed to live with. We weren't supposed to live with the pressure of figuring out your life. Stress. What are you going to do with your life? How are you? That's, no, that's, uh, that's, that's carnal. Just hear the voice of God and obey. Just Walk with him daily. Be with him. Know his voice and follow it. Know his word and follow it. And that's truth in your life. Doesn't matter what you see, how you feel, what's going on. Just on the word of God. That's freedom. That's liberty. <laughs> that's peace. That's the, the glorious life that he's called us to. Praise God. And um, um, <laughs> They are afraid of God. Verse 11, he said, who told you, you, have you eaten of the tree? I commanded you. Verse 12, the man said, the woman you gave me to be with me, she gave me of the tree. 
and I did eat. Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. Just amazing. You see just the battle between man and woman begins. There wasn't supposed to be animosity between men and women. Competition. Challenges. Right? There's books as uh, what is the title? Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, right? That was never supposed to be the case. Everybody's supposed to be from God. Right. <laughs> and that's become normal to us, right? That's just normal. Well, women are just that way. Well, that's just the way men are. We talk that way. But that's not the way it was created to be. We were created in the image of God. In the image of God created he them, male and female. We're created in the image of God. And so we need to recognize what has been stolen, what's been messed up. And so even marriages, there's a lot of stuff that goes on within marriages that wasn't the original design. And we as believers, we can't be okay with it. There's, a, there's, there's that, there, I think it's a song. Maybe it's a saying. I don't know a song. And it's saying, take back what the devil stole from me. Is that a song, statement? I don't think it's scripture, but. He is a stealer, thief, but it's good. <laughs> but there's a, so many things that he is, he's taken, and, and let me just finish this up. And the Lord, um, and so he starts asking man the question, and man's blaming the woman. Actually, he blames God. That's the funny thing. You see that? Verse 12. That's normal nowadays, too. People blaming God for their problems, blaming God for sin. Well, if you'd have never given this, given this to me, right? If I'd have never been in this situation or that or whatever, it was, it was God did it. Angry at God. This is all a part of the fall. That type of thinking is fallen thinking. That's, that's cursed thinking. So he says, the woman whom you gave <laughs> to be with me, right? Like, I didn't choose her. It was your idea. Blaming God. She gave me the tree and I did eat. Lord God said to the woman, what have you done? The woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. And um, Lord God said unto the serpent, you've done this, you're cursed. Dust you'll eat all the days of your life. In between, between the woman and between your seed and her seed, bruise your head. Your bruises heal the woman, he says, I'll greatly multiply your sorrow and conception. In sorrow you shall bring forth children, desire to be thy husband, he'll rule over thee. And unto Adam, he says, because you've hearkened unto the voice of your wife and has eaten the tree, you shall not eat curses the ground, and sorrow you'll eat of it all the days of your life, thorns and thistles you'll bring forth, eat of the herb of the field. Sweat of your face, you shall eat your bread till you return unto the ground, for out of it you were taken, for, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Wow. So it's amazing. You, you, we look at that and we say, man, that's pretty bad. That is the mercy of God right there. That is the mercy of God. Because he told them, the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. And then immediately they eat of it and he comes looking for them. And he starts talking to them. He starts reasoning with them. And he says, what happened here? How did this take place? And they start passing the blame and their shame and there's all this corruption and all this stuff going on and God sees it all he knows it all we're not hiding it from God and yet he's still ministering to them he's still talking with them 
and he allows them to go through the motions and to go through the lies and the deception. And he goes through it and he says, okay. He says, well, this is what's going to happen. He gets down to the serpent and he says, the serpent, you're cursed. You're cursed. You're cursed. You're going to eat of the dust of the ground. And then he goes back to the woman and he doesn't curse the woman. He does not curse the woman. He says, now it's, there's going to be problems. There's going to be some stuff that's come, that's come that you've released into the world, into your life, that I didn't choose for you, but you've released it. But you're not cursed. You're not cursed. There's a promise of hope. There's your seed. He comes back to the man. He says, man, you're not cursed either. The ground is cursed because of you. That there's some stuff that's going to happen in this world and things you're going to have to deal with now that you're not going to like because of what you've done, but you're not cursed. Hope is not lost. Praise God. I, I, I see the love and the mercy of God that he's saying now life is not going to be the way I created it to be, but that's not the end of the story. There's, there's a seed coming that's going to crush the head, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to restore, I'm going to return, I'm going to figure out, a, get a way for you to come back to what I've originally created you to be. Praise God. And so that's why it's not just about uh, life, it's because, uh, wow, okay, Lord, help me. Calm down. Here it goes. Verse 21, um, Adam, also, Adam and his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. And the Lord God says, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand, take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. Wow, I've seen that before and I've probably said it before, but it just hit me. If it was only about getting eternal life, he would have never kicked us out of the garden. That's not the point of all this, that's not the point of the gospel. To just get us to live forever. Or else he could, he could have just allowed them just, we'd be eating from the tree of life and we'd live forever, right? Isn't that what it says? Y'all read that? I'm not making it up, right? <laughs> Verse 22. Lest they put forth their hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. This glorious new life, this new covenant is not about just getting eternal life and living forever. No, there was something else. God's saying you lost something more valuable than that. You've lost something more valuable than years. You lost something more valuable than time. You've lost relationship. You've lost this glorious new life of what I've called you to live in. The manifestation of me, love, as you were created to be. You've lost that. And he says, so because of that, to get it back to you, I've got to cut you off from some things. I've got to allow some things to come into your life, make some things come a little bit shorter, a little bit harder, so that I can ultimately bring you back to what I really created you for. Oh, wow. Sorry. Sometimes it's like, pow. Wow. That's what he wants. That's what, he's, that's what he started working. Genesis chapter Four, right? Pastor preached on Cain and Abel. He started working that purpose. All right, we're going to start working some things. And he calls Abraham and he brings him in and he calls Isaac and he calls Jacob and Moses and, and all that stuff. And he starts working a plan not to just give us eternal life, not to just make us live forever, but to restore us back to what we were created to be. That's why Jesus came. Not just so you could just live forever. That, no, that was never lost. 
there was something else lost. I was created to live. My goodness. Praise God. Could we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5? Wow. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I think it says something good there. Verse number. Oh. Verse number. Okay, sorry. I keep going backwards. Uh, All right, verse number. uh, All right, verse 12. Sorry. I want to be too long. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. So he's literally saying, listen, the truth of it is that even though we were physically living, we were dead. The most valuable thing had been lost. The real life was lost to everybody. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know he him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He makes us new. Like that's, that's what Jesus came to do for me. I'm going to put it on me. That's what he came to do for me was to make me new. Because the old me was dead, according to the scriptures. I was breathing, and my heart was beating, but I was dead. I was living a life that was dead, a life separated from God, a life not fulfilling the purpose that he originally created me for, a life of shame and fear and problems and relationships and things that came in because of the fall, believing that was normal. And, and talking about people and doing to others what they did to me and responding, you know, based on what you say and how you do and tit for tat and fighting. And that, that was the old life. And the scripture says I was dead. That's dead life. That's not real life. That's not the way I was created to live. A life of fear, a life of worry and concern about others and needing others to affirm me and make me feel better about myself and, and instead of, you know, loving my wife, needing her to boost me up and make me into a man, that's the old life. That's the dead life. That's the stuff that came from the fall. That's the stuff that we got when we sinned in the garden. The things that crept in that we may not even realize is not the way we were created to live. And so Jesus has come that we could have a new life. The original life, the way you were created to live, in true freedom, in true liberty, with true love. Praise God. That's the life that Jesus lived. That's the life that he lived for us. 
he overcame every sin. There was, he didn't, he didn't succumb to that stuff. He, he didn't fall for it. He didn't need man's affirmation. He didn't need a pat on the back. You know, you say, well, it's not that he didn't, he cared for everybody, but he didn't care what they thought about him. <laughs> he really didn't. The Bible says he knew what was in man. He put no confidence in it. He's like, I don't, I don't put any confidence in that. He wasn't good based on what people did. He was just good. That's amazing to me. He, he healed based on his goodness, not based on anybody else's stuff. He was, he was merciful to all. He was kind to all. He was living a life that nobody could understand. That's, that's why they just, they were bamboozled by him. And the stuff they tried that works on everybody else, they're like, hey, listen, come on, let's, let's trip him up. Let's start saying some things and doing some things, putting the pressure on him, and he'll cave. That's the way we would all do because we were under the, we were under, uh, the old man and the old life. But Jesus was living the new life. He was, he was living the way we were created to live, that words and people's opinions don't drive you and motivate you. He was motivated by something higher, which was the word of God. He, he wasn't trying to base things off of what he saw or how he felt or what he thought for the day or how his body was feeling. No, he was walking based on what God was saying to him. And we couldn't understand it. It was, it was amazing. That's why they said things about Jesus. They said, we've, we've never heard anybody like this. We, Nobody, no, no man has ever talked like this before. They say he speaks with authority. It's like he knows who he is. <laughs> we've never heard it. We've never really seen somebody. We've seen people put on facades and put on airs and dress the part, but we've never really seen somebody who on the inside, they knew who they were. And they really weren't affected by us. This is different. <laughs> and for some, it was intimidating because they wanted to keep the old. But for others, it was a breath of fresh air. It was like, really? We can live this way? Really? We, we don't have to be under the bondage of people's opinions? We can live free? What? Are you serious? I don't have to wake up and sin every day? I can really walk holy before God and I don't have to base things off of my situation and my past but I can trust in what God says even though I don't see it we can believe it right things I mean just everything where <laughs> there's a storm and Jesus comes walking on the water <laughs> what you're walking on the water that doesn't make any sense to the old man but if you knew how you were originally created to be, that would be normal to you. We were supposed to have dominion in the earth. That's, water wasn't supposed to be scary. And Jesus was walking on it because he's showing us, uh, you're, you're living beneath. I'm showing you who you were created to be. I love it. He's healing blind people right? Lepers. We weren't supposed to be afraid of leprosy. God told him those laws, don't touch them because you're in the old man and the old man is bound. 
You touch something unclean, you'll become unclean because you're dirty. But the new man, you touch unclean stuff and it becomes clean. That new life that you're supposed to live, you're supposed to affect your environment. You change it, it doesn't change you. Whew. Man, oh man. I don't know how long I've been going. I'm probably going a little bit long, but, but wow, it's just, he, he, was, he was living that life for us and showing us what he wanted for us originally. And this is why he says he was the second Adam. He was the second Adam. He, he, the first Adam messed up. But the second Adam restored, restored life and the possibility of real life into us. And wow. All right, let's go to another scripture. How am I? Okay, we're moving. We're done. Revelation chapter, t- I mean, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Um. Verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Woo. <laughs> he wants to transform me into something completely different and new. Uh, Jesus, um, anybody remember what his first miracle was? Water and the wine, right, in the book of John. That's an amazing story. Sorry, it's just coming to my, to my mind. But they, right, he tells them they get to, they're at the wedding and they run out of wine. And uh, he tells them, listen, get, get the uh, tubs of, and just fill it up with water. Fill it up with water up to the top, get as many as you can. And then he says, take it, you know, and scoop it out and, and give it to the governor of the feast. Pour it in, and then when he drinks it, and so then he, he drinks it, and it's wine. The water was turned to wine. And it's amazing. He didn't take bad wine and make it better. And the governor was like, this is like the best. This is amazing wine. This is like the best wine. He didn't just take good wine and make it better. He took dirty water and completely changed it into wine, into the best wine. And it says this is the beginning of miracles that Jesus began to do. Like that was his first miracle, is taking something dirty and completely changing it into something new. And I think about, that's, that's what, that represents me. That represents me. That that's where he's got to start with, where he just takes something completely messed up, dirty, wrong, and makes me completely brand new. And so when he comes to Nicodemus, when Nicodemus comes to him at night, and he's like, okay, you got a religious teacher here. So religious teacher, we're, see, we're seeing, man, you're doing these great miracles. Wow, talk to me about it. Let's, let's figure this out. How do we work this thing? How do we, you know, I'm sure that's what Nicodemus was coming like. Okay, how do we... This religion, how does it go? You know, what type of things do we have to do? And Jesus starts talking about, unless you're born again, you can't. And he was like, what? Like, how do I get back into my mom's belly? Like, that don't, I don't understand. 
And Jesus is like, you got to be born of water and the spirit because that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And don't marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Because there, the idea was, okay, how do, we get a, how do we work this? How do we begin to get better? How do we change ourselves and do right and turn around and, you know, kind of get in line with where you're going? We just want to kind of get in line. And Jesus is like, no, 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 <laughs> I'm not just trying to make you better. This isn't about better. You've got to be made new. I've, I've got to give you a whole new life. Just complete change. That's, that's this thing that we're a part of. It's new. It's all new. That's, so I'm done. She just say, yes. <laughs> it's just new. And anything Anything old, I got to get rid of it. It has no part in the new. It has no part in the new. And, and you, don't, you don't work yourself up to new, right? It, it wasn't like, okay, hey, here's a list of things you need to, need to get, in, get in order in your life, and then eventually when you get those things in order, I'll determine, okay, you're now, you're good enough, so, I'll make, so I, I determine that you're new now. No, he actually, he just makes you new. That's the miracle of being born again. So, you know, there's a lot of places, and oh, I don't even get into that. But the truth of being born again is so powerful. So powerful. I've been made new. Like, I'm, I'm new. I'm new. The reason I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be judged for what I've done it's because that guy was already judged. He's dead. I'm new. I'm new. I'm, are you new? Are you new? Things that were done to you 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 30 years ago. Is that still in you or are you a new person? See, he's come to make us new. He's not just trying to fix, make it better. He'll just make you new. You say, but, we're, but you don't know it just, just yesterday. That's okay. Just bring it to Jesus and do what he says, like Mary said. <laughs> that's, that's right. When they, ran out of, when they ran out of wine, I probably should have actually read the scripture. I'm sorry. I'm like referencing it. But when they ran out of wine, and uh, they said, yeah. And then she was like, what should we do? Well, what do we do? And it's like, you know, and they went to Jesus, and, and, uh, and then uh, he's like, listen, my hour's not yet come. What do I have to do with you? And then she turns to the service and she's like, listen, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. We're out of wine. We ain't got no options. <laughs> whatever he says, just do it. And he makes it new. He turns the water to wine. So this exchange, right, it's not just a one-time deal. If you've got some old stuff, just give it to Jesus. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And he makes you new. And you're new. And, and so... Walking in the newness of life. Praise God. Praise God. This is wonderful. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of marinating on myself right now. Just, this is good. Praise God. So are we going to have uh, music? Praise God. Why don't we do that? Um, why don't we stand? Um,
See, this is, this is the news that we get to preach to people. So I can, I can, this is why I can look at any, any person and it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how much baggage you have, how many chains you got attached to you, how many demons are attached to your life. It's okay. No problem. Because the good news, that person is going to die. And that person will be buried with Jesus Christ in the waters of baptism. And you'll be new. And they'll be new. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and we've, we've got to know this. We've got to know we've been made new. We don't, I don't, we don't deal with things the same way. We're just different. We're different. There's some stuff that just shouldn't, just shouldn't be. Because that's old stuff, you know? Um, I, I'm sorry, I hear this, this, this uh, preacher I listen to, but I love it. He says it. He's like, he talks about um, people getting on your nerves. He's like, but I got new nerves. <laughs> I, so I've been actually saying that. I've actually been praying that and, you know, receiving that. Like, I got new nerves. Right? Like, stuff didn't get on Jesus' nerves. Right? He didn't get annoyed. Like, so just, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm going to apologize. But um, so here's what we need to do. This is why we need to be in the word. You need to know who you are. You need to study the new man. And so if there's any, you know, if you've been born again of water and the spirit, if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you had your sins washed away, that old man died, you died out to self, you died to sin, that's gone. You filled with the Holy Spirit of God, right? We, we need to know who we are. We need to walk in the identity of the new man. And, and anything, and that's why Jesus says, the works that I do, greater works than these shall you do, because I go unto the Father. And he wasn't just talking about laying hands on the sick and raising the dead. We think of that a lot of times. But how did he love people? He was on the cross being crucified, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Guess what? Greater works shall you do. Greater works shall I do. When you're getting backstabbed, when you're getting talked about, when bad stuff's happening to you, you're going to do greater works. Forgive them, for they don't know what they do. You're going you're gonna to show grace and mercy. Come on, that's the power of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. Greater works shall you do when they try and stop you and, 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 and words come to try and intimidate you to not be who God's called you to be. It's not going to move you. You're not going to look for people's affirmation. You're going to hear the voice of God. You're going to hear the voice of God. The devil comes to tempt you and say, if you be, do this. Serve yourself. Take a shortcut. No, you're going to do greater works. You're going you're gonna to say, no, no, no. The word says that I shall worship the Lord your God. I'm going to live by the, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Greater works. That's who you are. That's who we are. That's exciting. Ooh. I'm sorry, you guys, you got to forgive me. There's just stuff just, because he said, and this is why he says, he's like, he's like, 
And oh, wow. And I, I mean, did I say it earlier? Where he says, um, don't rejoice because the devils are subject to you. I said that earlier, but it just kind of hit me. He says, rejoice in this, that your names are written in heaven. Why that's so, that's not just, okay, hey, you know, casting out devils is, is fun and exciting, but, you know, you got you to gotta kind of put that aside and really, you know, just think about your hope that you got eternal life. No, it's the truth of it. Like, the true rejoicing is, is not that, that devils are doing their thing. The true rejoicing is in this new life that I'm living. There's actually joy in that. Like, I'm not the same. I'm changed. I've overcome the world. The things that used to get me are no longer getting me. I'm sorry, that is exciting. <laughs> like, that is exciting. Because, because the truth of it is we know ourselves. You know you. The same stuff that used to trip you up and cause you to offend and angry. And, up, and when you see, wait a second, I'm new. <laughs> it's awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And so that's, that's the offer on the table is there's new life. New life. New life in Jesus Christ. Not better. Not just fixed. No, new. New. If you've got a problem with the old, you need to just get a new one. Get, in, get, a, get new life in him. Get new life in him. Praise God. They're going to sing. And uh, we'll open these altars. There's not too many of us, but if you want to come, you can come up here and pray. We'll kind of distance ourselves, but if you want new life, if you want to, if you want new life, it's available today. Praise God. Praise God. It's available today. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>